don't know about you, but I'm ready. I'm ready to go. New Hope Radio. Hope you're ready too, because, oh, oh, oh man. We get a good one today. This is something, I'm going to tell you, everybody needs to hear. Yeah, no one's left out of this one. Everybody needs to hear what we're going to talk about today. I'll tell you why. Sometimes we get discouraged when we see evil. We see evil not only go unpunished, in some cases, it's rewarded. Right? Ever see that? Of course you have. The Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, he asked the question, why has the way of the wicked prospered? Why are all those who deal in treachery at ease? Then in a way, David answered him, and he said, Well, do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. We're in a series entitled, Jesus Said What? And there's something that he said that is very sobering. He said, I will judge you at the great white throne. So this brings us to our timeline of human history. We've been talking about that. I want you to get this timeline in your head. Memorize it so you can see exactly where human history is going. Okay? Because it's leading us to the great white throne judgment. Okay? Now, what do we say? Picture the first circle. That's the Old Testament. 4,000 year period. Connected to that, the next circle. The church age. Roughly 2,000 years. Then we get a tiny circle. The Great Tribulation. Seven year period. Next to that, a bigger circle. The Millennial Kingdom. A thousand years. And then the last one, the last circle, the new earth. That goes on for all of eternity. Now, there are some divine invasions during this timeline. Okay? Right before the church age began, in the Old Testament dispensation, Jesus Christ came to earth as a baby. Then when he ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit came down. And that began the age of the church. At the end of the church age, believers go up in the rapture. The tribulation begins, seven years. At the end of the tribulation, Christ returns with his bride, as us, and he establishes his kingdom. At the end of the kingdom is the judgment. And that's before we go into the new earth for all of eternity. What's the judgment? The judgment of the great white throne. The great white throne judgment is God's final dealing with that portion of mankind that has rejected his gift of love in the Lord Jesus Christ. John Wolverd calls this one of the saddest passages of Scripture. 
And it really is. I take no joy in this topic. None. Because it's very, very sad because of the eternal consequences. These individuals that are going to be judged, they have not yet experienced a bodily resurrection. They'll be resurrected at the time of the judgment. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9.27, and this will put to, put to rest any questions about reincarnation, any goofy things like that. It's, a, it's appointed for men to die once. And after this comes the judgment. Now the word judgment is the word krisis. And that means not only justice, but it means a sentence. It's from the word krino, which means to pass judgment, to stand trial. So this is the great white throne sentencing. Okay? Now, the same idea is found in Romans 8.1. And this is good news for the believer. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ? There's no condemnation for you. It's the word katakrima, basically the same word but a different form. And it means a penalty or a judgment, a condemnation, basically, right? So if you're in Christ, there's no judgment because he already took the judgment for you. Uh-oh. If you're not in Christ, then you've got to stand in judgment on your own. So the judgment of the great white throne is the unbeliever's judgment. Here it comes for their works. It's not the judgment for their sins. It's the judgment for their works. John said. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whom the presence the whole presence of earth and heaven fled away and there was no place found for them. So John describes this throne as great throne. It's great. You know why? Because it belongs to almighty God and it's white because it's pure it's glorious. It speaks of God's majesty. There is no greater. There is no greater throne in all existence than God's throne of purity and whiteness and majesty. And by the way, who's sitting on the throne? Christ himself. Jesus will be the judge. You know, the Bible tells us in John 5, 26, Jesus said, Just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. So God the Father gave over the authority to judge the Christ rejecter, to judge the non-believer. And he does it as a son of man, as deity, God himself, okay? So John said, I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, whose, who, from whose face earth and heaven fled away. Now notice what fled away, heaven and earth. 
everything. Everything fled away. Everything man has recorded. Everything man has discovered. Everything man has invented. Everything man has accomplished. Everything man has died for. Everything man has sinned for. Everything man has built, he has stolen. And on and on it goes. It's gone. It's all gone. Everything is gone. Everything's gone except for those that are saved. And now those condemned, it's as if there never was a world. Think about that. It's as if there never was a world. The only record of life on earth is the record that God kept. That's it. No other records matter. All those records are smashed. Smashed. They're gone. The records that God kept are in his books. The book of works and the book of life. Everything else is gone. Imagine people living their life for something that there'll be no record of one day. It's like they lived their life for nothing. And the beautiful thing about the Christian life is that God has warned everyone ahead of time of these events. No one's going to be standing around scratching their head saying, Oh, I didn't know this was happening. No, it's all there. It's all. Let's look at some of the warnings. And by the way, they were all in the Word of God. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah, he said in chapter 34, verse 4, All the host of heaven will wear away, and the sky will be rolled up like a scroll. All their hosts will also wither away as a leaf withers from the vine, or as one withers from the fig tree. Wow. He said in chapter 65, For behold, God said, I create new heavens and a new earth. Oh, and the former things, they'll not be remembered or come to mind. Wow. We are living in the former things. He said, But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. Let me ask you, is there something special about Jerusalem? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? It's God's favorite city, Jerusalem. It's God's favorite city. In Matthew 24, according to the words of the Lord himself, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So something that will be around for all of eternity the Word of God, the things that Jesus said. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. Oh, they will perish, but you remain, and they will all become old like a garment. And like a mantle, you'll roll them up like a garment, and they'll also be changed, right? Ever roll up your clothes, throw them in the laundry basket? Roll up your clothes, throw them in the trash. That's what's going to happen to this creation. Oh, but you are the same. And your years will not come to an end. Man, you want to get with God and you want to be with Him forever. Even Peter, he understood this. 
He said, oh, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar. Oh, that's going to be scary. And the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? That's a good question. In other words, do we want to live for something or do we want to live for nothing? That's the question. One day, there'll be nothing. And what did you live for? Or you could live for something. It's a choice that we all make. See, all of these passages show us that there is to be an end of the material heaven and earth, which we now know. The clock is ticking. The earth will not be renovated. It will be uncreated, taken away. And you know what? The same word that brought them into existence will bring them into non-existence. Question, why are these warnings here? To give us a proper value system, God's value system, a confirmation to the Corinthian Christians address those that were suffering or they were questioning suffering. And Paul said to them in 2 Corinthians 4.17, he said, listen, your momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, in other words, this life, they're temporal. Oh, but the things which are not seen, they're eternal. So, you know, he's even calling the experience, the life experiences on earth, whether good or bad, are temporal. They're temporary. But there's something greater. There's something that we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen it yet, but it's going to be forever. So it's to encourage the sufferer. Yes, there's a lot of suffering in the world today. But be encouraged. It's temporal. If you're a believer in Christ, it's temporal. And you know what waits for you? Glory. Oh yeah, the glory of God. So John said in Revelation 20, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found, to them, found for them. Get the picture? The unsaved man will tremble at the thought of having no earth to stand on. The world which he thought so much of in the past, it's now gone. True believers, on the contrary, they have a home. They have a home in heaven. So note, the great white throne judgment. You know what it's not? It's not a trial. Life is the trial. The great white throne judgment is the sentencing. That's what that is. It's the time of doling out the sentence. Here's what John said. He said, Oh, I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. 
and the dead would judge from the things which are written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. You know why? Because their deeds fell short of granting them salvation. Because salvation comes by faith. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Wow. That's the reason people go into the lake of fire. If their name is not found missing, I mean, if it's not found in the book of life, there's one book, the most important book, the book of life. See, when you accept Christ as Savior, the recording angel writes your name down in the Lamb's book of life. And now you have a reservation in heaven. So this is why Christians will not face this judgment. Christians will not be at the judgment of the great white throne. In John 5, 24, here's what happens. They hear and they believe. That's why. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me <laughs> has eternal life. So you listen to the word of God. You believe it. You believe Jesus was sent by God and you do not come into judgment You've passed out of death into life. So in other words, ooh, before accepting Christ, you know what we are? Dead. Dead to God. Dead as a spiritual doornail. And it's through faith in Christ that we become alive. Alive to God. When you believe the judgment that you already were born into is removed. He who believes in him is not judged. But he who does not believe has been judged already. Think about it. Here's what people need to understand. We're born condemned. We're born judged. And Jesus came to reverse that. He came to bear the judgment for us so we don't have to. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's why. So the great white throne judgment, it's not so much for trying the person or judging the person. No, it's for sentencing the person. It's where the non-believer goes to receive their sentence for what they did with Christ. In Revelation 20, verse 6, this is how you escape the second death. See, death means separation. The first death is when we die physically. We all will experience that one, <clears throat> except those that go up in the rapture. The second death is those who are separated from God eternally. That's the second death, the second separation. So how do you escape the second death? God gives us all the answers, you know, Revelation 20. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. 
What's the first resurrection? It's the resurrection of church-age Christians. We're going up, the bride of Christ. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Oh, we're going to reign with Jesus in the millennial kingdom. Is there anything cooler than that? I don't think so. I don't think so. So, though we will experience the first death, most of us, we will never experience separation from God in the second death. Because that is the final and total separation from God. Paul said in Romans 5.12, Just as through one man, that's Adam, sin entered into the world, and death through sin, who brought death into the world? Adam. And so, death spread to all men. Right? We all die. The first death was remedied by Christ's death on the cross. Think about it. The first death was remedied by another death. Oh, a perfect death. But the second death has no remedy. Once you experience the second death, there's no way out. Now, there's a way to avoid it, like I said. Embrace Jesus. Embrace him. Even if you don't know him, get to know him. And you will see. The second death is eternal. It's forever. Never changes. It never changes. Imagine a migraine that never goes away. A toothache that never goes away. An earache that never goes away. Indigestion that never goes away. Now magnify it a hundred thousand times. That's the second death. So, the great white throne judgment. Simple summary. Number one, it's for non-believers. It's for people that say no to Jesus. No. I'm okay. Uh, don't worry about me. I'll get, I'll, I'll get there on my own. No. The judgment's for you. Secondly, it takes place between earth and heaven because earth is gone and heaven's gone. The atmosphere. It's gone. So it's like people are suspended. How, how freaky is that? They stand before the throne. The throne is so bright and white, it's blinding. And then the sentence. It's a sentencing, an eternal sentencing of all those that said no. And it is the second and the last death. It's the last one. See, after this period, no one ever dies again. Those in heaven will never die again. And those that go into the lake of fire will never die again. We will all exist in that condition that we entered eternity. So you entered eternity with God in its glory. And you enter eternity in the lake of fire in its sulfur and brimstone and burning. And it's awful. It was never made for man. It was made for the devil and his angels. That dirty devil, hell's for him and his rebellious angels. So why does man go there? Because there's no other place to go. 
that God hasn't designed anything. It's either with him or apart from him. It's one or the other. There's no, like, middle ground. You're either with him or you're alienated from him, banished from him. Even when Jesus on the earth, he said, you know, you're either with me or against me. You're either gathering with me or scattering against me. There's no middle of the road. You're either hot or cold, lost or found, dead or alive. There's no middle ground. That's why this is the most important message anyone will ever hear. And know the remedy for the second death. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, that's you, that's me, that's everybody. Whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. There it is. There's how you avoid the second death. That's how you avoid it. Next time we're together, we're going to take a look at, oh, this is a good one. The Book of Life. I like that one. The Book of Life. The Book of Life is a reservation roll call of heaven. Remember that song, Lord, I want to be in that number? <laughs> Are you in that number? You can get in that number. The Book of Life. That's Jesus' book. Jesus wrote a book. It's called The Book of Life. That's the one you want to be in. Not the Book of the Dead. The Book of Life. So that's going to be a great topic. These are things you want to share with people. Share these people. Go to, go to the Hope Club podcast. Listen to these again. Share them with others. You know why? These things are of an eternal nature. Eternal. Forever. Everlasting. We're not talking about a weekend in hell here. We're talking about an eternal existence in a place that people... Number one, wished they never went. And number two, trying to figure out a way out. But there is no way out. There is no way out. That's right. I want you to join me. Great motivation next time. The Book of Life. Are you in the Hope Club yet? Man, what are you waiting for? Go to newhopecc.tv, click giving, e-giving, $3 a week, keep New Hope Radio on the air. We'll send you an email devotional Monday through Friday, get you started off on the right foot with the Lord, get you walking with God, so important. Thank you for coming along today, appreciate you guys, pray for the program, support us if you can, and um, tell your friends, tell your friends to listen, Christian and non-Christian alike, get them to listen. All right, thank you for coming. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.